Welcome to another episode of Inside Golden State Politics. I'm Bill Boyarski, the former city editor and columnist for the Los Angeles Times. And with me is Nancy Boyarski, our producer director. And I'm Shari Babich Jeffy, political analyst and self styled media maven, coming to you from Going Local. LA saw its Mayor's race definitively take off from the starting blocks with a freewheeling debate around critical city issues that could determine the future of the direction of the city of the angels. And I see lessons in this debate that will have resonance in other large, diverse urban communities. Attention must be paid. Over to you, Bill. We're joined today by Dave Bryan our man on the mayor's election. You know, Dave, he was a distinguished political reporter for Channel 2 and Channel 9, and now he's watching the mayor's election for us. Dave, the three of us watched this debate. <laughs> Did we get a better vision of what these candidates would do for the city? Did we get a better idea of their temperament? Did we get a better idea of their intelligence? What did you learn? I, I think I, I think we did get a, a much better idea. Uh, for one thing, I think that uh, there was a lot of uh, back and forth in terms uh, of these issues, um, where there were criticism of, of one of the one of the other, and going back and forth, and, and that's something we hadn't seen in some of the you know earlier debates, uh, or or uh, you know uh, where they have two or three candidates talking. So um, I, I, I think there was some energy here, and I think that uh, I think this uh, has really sort of defined more clearly uh, that we, we seem to have two leading candidates, at least at the moment, uh, and, and three others uh, who are, are trying to, you know, to sort of put themselves on the map. Um, and and I, think, I think coming up in the next few weeks, uh, these, these areas will be more well defined, I think. Let's go back to what you said about uh, more energy, more electricity, if you will. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty good television because they were attacking each candidate, with the possible exception, by and large, of Karen Bass, was attacking each other. How much of that is due to the fact that for the first time, entrepreneur Rick Caruso, all the money in the Western world, bought his way into contention, was on that podium with the other candidates. The chemistry could not be denied. You're right. I mean, it was, at one point, um, Caruso said, what is this, you know, three against one or something? Yes. What do you think? No, I, 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 think, I think you're absolutely right. In fact, you know what? I wrote down that particular uh, line about um, the three-to-one attack against, uh, against yep. him. Uh, as being one of the real clarifying moments uh, of the debate, to tell you the truth. I made a note to myself, and I watched the guys go after each other, and I wrote down, I wrote down guys from middle school attacking each other. Middle schoolers have a lot of energy. <laughs> and I looked at Karen Bass and watched her, and I thought, adult. Yeah. Yes, she was above the fray. She yeah. stayed as much as she could until for about the 953rd time, right. Rick Caruso 
wailed about career politicians. And she then said, oh, wait a minute. I, I just want to read you what she said. And believe me, the debate stopped there. Everybody breathed. And maybe that should have been the end of the debate. It was a hell of an ending. She said, the point is to bring our city together. Some people have dedicated their entire life to not making money, which was a big dig, of course, at Caruso, but public service, and they shouldn't be denigrated, end quote. You're right. That's an adult observation. That is not, I'm taking my marbles and leaving. And that was aimed at Rick Caruso. That was his, Directly. That was, she came in right after he made his uh, attack again, like you say, for the 10th time about uh, corrupt or uh, just... Uh, uh, elected people who don't do anything and get anything done. You know, she prefaced that remark with, Rick, I like you. Yeah, Yeah, we're friends. We're friends, he said. Listen, do you think that made any difference for the people who were watching um, the debate? Did did that dynamic make a difference? I, I don't know. I mean, we're looking for something. I think but what so. about everybody else? Is that what we want? Are they even thinking that? I think so, because I think that by saying that, I think essentially what she was saying really was, was I'm not going to go after you like, like everybody else has been. I'm not going to just, you know, punch you and punch you and punch you. But I got something here I, I want to, you know, say about this. That's all. Well, she was defending career politicians. Might yeah, people yeah. interpret it that as a negative? Not everybody interprets career politicians as a negative. Just as a, just lots a of people do as a pejorative. Mm-hmm. But I thought what she was doing was, you know, she's defending what she and yeah. many others have done all their lives. You know, she she yeah. was a career politician. She was a member of the state assembly. She was speaker of the state assembly. She was candidate and a successful candidate for Congress. She was a leader of Congress. She was chair of the Congressional Black Caucus. So she's been through the ropes as far as elected leadership goes. Yeah. Doing all that, that's a pretty tough job. And succeeding in it is uh, something uh, to be proud of, not to, not to be ashamed of. And that's what she, that's that's the point of her campaign. It is also the point of Mike Fuhrer's campaign. He said in this race, you know, uh, experience does make a di- difference. And he too has a long resume. But I didn't get the feeling that his message was impacting as strongly as Karen Bass's similar message, at least on that cap, was, was doing. She's, for some reason, she seemed to be more credible making that argument, although they, they've both had pretty similar experience. They did, but I think she put it in, in words that people could understand, you know, people who are not like, uh, you know, involved every day, you know, on, on, on political talk. Uh, whereas fewer were saying, well, this program, and then there's that program, and, and people don't really know what are these programs necessarily and, and, you know, exactly what they're delivering. Um, and, and so I think in that respect, I think, I think, I think the way she did it uh, probably uh, was, a, you know, one, I think more respect than, than what he was doing where we, uh, it was more difficult to understand, I think. 
that his was more difficult. That's yeah. a little scary because you hear people complaining that all these candidates are doing is mouthing themes and memes and not yeah. giving details. But Mike Fuhrer did almost more than anybody else have specific detail to more programs. And, and I think you're right, Dave. I don't think it was connecting. That's a bit nervous making to me. I mean, but, but, I, but I will say the one thing uh, I, I think uh, from fewer, uh, maybe his best moment was uh, when he uh, essentially um, uh, got, uh, you know, Rick Caruso to, to say, Hey, I'm going to give you my tax, uh, you know, all my tax stuff. So you can, you can look at it. Uh, you know, I thought that was so terribly programmed that it just came off as we're going to do this, find the hole and get at it. I, I mean, I don't think it's as, as galvanizing as you seem to think it is. I thought that the best Mike Fuhrer program was when he asked the moderator, Alex Michelson, to thank his mother for baking the brownies that Alex brought to the debate. <laughs> okay, you got me there. That, that was human. I can't eat the brownies, all right? There you go. <laughs> you know, mothers were elevated to a pedestal uh, in this debate. Kevin DeLeon talked about his mother all the time. I mean... His mother Part of his story. cleaned houses and they lived in the basement. Mother did this and kept talking about her in a way, didn't express himself clearly, in a way that I thought, my God, is she still living in that basement? Oh, please. Why doesn't he buy her a house? What's wrong? You've got to go to the next debate and get that question asked, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only thing that's going to settle this, I'm sure. But I thought it was interesting. Each of them stressed their the fact that they they were they came up in life and they had help in life and their parents were important in their life they were each trying to shape each one trying to shape his or her own identity and try very hard to relate to the ordinary citizens of Los Angeles you know, up by the bootstraps if you will i'm one of you how many of the candidates do you guys think managed to get the message across credibly? I am one of you. I think that's really hard to say after this, this particular debate. I mean, they all have compelling stories. Kevin's climb up from, uh, yeah. from poverty, you know, how hard his mother worked. I wasn't really making fun of it because, I mean, it's a remarkable story. Uh, getting as far as he did... Uh, Mike Fuhr, you know, starting out, and then you know, he was a professional person from the beginning, but starting out. Buscaino also, Buscaino uh, also said, talk about his family coming to America, right. and right, you know, and just getting started. And so you're right. I mean, I think all of them, uh, you know, you talked about that as, as part of what's going on with, with their lives. That is a positive. Yeah. yeah. That is my point. You're right. This remains a city where you can start out with nothing. Exactly. It, it was very much to me, in some ways, a mirror of what is good about Los Angeles. You're absolutely right. Uh, it was a diverse group of candidates. They each had a very positive story and a story that's not unlike a large number of Angelinos 
we all have some of that in our in our background. And I hope people got that message that this this isn't bad, you know. Karen Bass talked about her dad, who was a postal yep. worker and delivered mail, uh, which I also did uh, for a few years. Um, so, Is that why my mail's always so late? Yes, <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm, absolutely. <laughs> In fact, I still have some of your mail. Oh, goody! Checks, I hope. <laughs> there was something. It was a good question. I think it was asked by Alex, one of the moderators. Are you more fearful? of walking outside yeah. your house, yeah. I guess, in the evening. That got to one of yeah. the major issues in this campaign, which is fear of crime. Were, were the answers credible to your observation? I thought they had trouble with it. Uh, they kind of walked around it. It's, it's a very difficult question. A couple of them answered that I'm not a joke of the Scaino said, I'm not afraid my relatives are. <laughs> That that was his answer. Karen Bass said, "No, she she gave it on a scale from one to ten. She gave it ten. I'm not scared at all, which I cannot believe. I'm sorry, you know. And I thought that Caruso's comeback, we're all afraid, was a pretty accurate one. Rick Caruso kind of laid it all out there, separating him from Karen Bass. Well, you know." What I found very interesting about their approach to crime, and I think it has something to do with the success of the new mayor of New York City, Adams, uh, who never denied, said, no, we will not defund the police. No, we will not cut the police. Not one of them said, we're going to defund the police. And every one of them with the exception of Daly, and we said, we'll keep the number where it is. But everyone else had a higher number to offer. I think the Democrats are beginning to understand that they better get on the bandwagon with regard to uh, the police. And go ahead, Dave. Uh, there's, there was a similar question uh, during the course of the debate. Um, not exactly the same, but it was about George Gascon. Uh, oh yes, the attorney, DA of LA County. The attorney, would you would you recall him? And there was a divide on that one because uh, Karen Bass and uh, Kevin De Leon uh, both said uh, uh, no, I would not recall. Um, and uh, Rip uh, Caruso and uh, Buscaino both said yes, we would do it. And Mike Fuhrer said, "Whoa, I have to work with the guy." Don't yeah, ask. That's right, that's right. I put him down somewhere in between those. Yeah, two, you know, but, but that's, but that's an honest answer. Very clear divide on that that issue. Bass says she didn't believe well, that was her recall. answer. Yeah, that she said she didn't like the process at all, and De Leon simply said it costs too much. But I'm convinced that you know that answer came about after a thorough analysis of what makes sense politically. And I'm not saying that to diss them. That's the way the world works. Do you think that this race for the future of George Gascon, our district attorney, will influence the mayor's Good election? question. It might impact turnout. It might impact turnout. I don't know which way or if, but it might impact turnout. That's a good point. I hadn't thought of that, but you're right. That, 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 is, that is going to be pretty interesting. I could see it influencing the mayor's election if the recall itself takes off yeah. as an issue 
And if Gascon continues uh, on his road to be a, a controversial character who's being portrayed as a pro-defendant rather than a, a prosecutor, if he can turn that around, it might defuse it. But I, I could see that it just continuing out there. He doesn't do something about it. And if that happens, I don't think that's good for Bass. She opposes the recall. Uh, Caruso's for the recall. I could see that. I mean, I, and, and in fact, uh, you know, you you kind of wonder if uh, some TV ads might might have some reference to that uh, in some way, shape, or form. Because it's a very it's a very heated issue. I think. Well, it, it is, and it's just another one that, that touches on uh, on law and order. Do you, but, were you convinced uh, on a about their promises on homelessness, or were you like me, getting confused about one person going to yes. build ten thousand units? Do I have another- forty thousand? <laughs> That's exactly what that that was the feeling I came away yeah. with. Yeah, let's pick yeah. a neat number. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if in the next debate, assuming there is if one. there is one. Yeah, uh, if that question comes up and the numbers change and they continue to go higher, you know. <laughs> so. Yeah, but, you know, remember there's a risk in that because um, I guess it was Karen Bass who pointed out that when the number, or, or maybe De Leon, the number, when the number of uh, houses go up, you got to pay for them. And the taxes go up. Yeah. And we still, I mean, we did vote to spend more money on homelessness. And one, it, we haven't seen the results. And two, I think yeah. it was a one-off given everything, including the basic hat, hatred of taxes by the people of Los Angeles. And particularly a lack of confidence and trust in the government that, that the money will do what we ask the well, money to do. That, that Triple H certainly is not going to help. That was, nope. that was, that was the one that was passed and uh, at, at quite a high price. And was raising taxes you know, for homelessness. What happened to the money? I mean, where, where, where are the houses? They're coming slowly. Yeah, and expensively. These issues intertwine. You write about homelessness, law and order, it, it really boils down to a person walking out of their house, going for a walk, going to their park, and yeah. seeing all these encampments, and saying, why can't they get rid of these encampments? I think that's a good question, That, and I don't believe I heard an answer to that at the Not time. a realistic one. You're right. Yeah. I mean, any real answer does require not only building houses, not only building places where people can be moved to live, but also beefing up all of the bridge services, the jobs searches, the social work that needs mental to be, illness, mental illness, um, medical questions that need to be resolved while that not only while they're still on the street, but when they are housed and that, you can't do that overnight. And e- e- even, um, you know, I, I, I think uh, even addiction uh, for people who are trying yeah. to get off uh, of drugs. Uh, it won't happen overnight. Yeah, yeah. And vote, you know, remember, I always say that the bottom line question for voting is what have you done for me lately? Yeah. 
and they're not going to say it lightly immediately. What if a candidate tried to uh, explain the complexity of this issue to the voter as as the next few months of the campaign goes on? They say, "Wait a minute, it's really complicated. We're doing this and we're doing that." One person did try. Yeah. Uh, Mike Bonin. And you see what happened to him. Object of just the most bitter, bitter criticism, he decided to retire. I'd say driven, driven from office. Well, but the answer to your question, Bill, is what do you do? You explain it on TikTok and Instagram, and you can't do that. That's the only way you get anywhere near people, many people understanding um, what you're talking about. I mean, we it, People, not everybody, but a lot of people don't read anymore. And I guess you could throw in Twitter and Facebook also. It's, it, it, it's not easy. And we're impatient. Yeah. That's and that, that's that, that's that's a big problem, and that and that's one of the reasons that uh, this just seems to keep going on and on and on without without seeing much you know progress on it. And I I think it's because it's a you know it, the problem is so much larger than you know than Los Angeles or or I mean I I think it's a societal problem that we as a society uh, used to have some you know places for people uh, with mental illness to go. Now, I'm not saying they were run well or that they had the funding they needed, but at least there was some place to go. We don't they, we don't we don't have that anymore. In, no, in, that was that was kicked out from under us by right. Ronald Reagan, who signed who signed the legislation, which made it easy for the feds to kick out the, the bridge, the bridge programs. And it's going to cost a lot of money to bring them back to where they ought to be. This is a huge huge burden, a huge obligation, the media covering this race. I mean, you know, it's so easy to do what we were doing today, you know, who did best, who did worst, and all of that. But you're going to need our journalists who understand, like Doug Smith at the LA Times, who understand the issue, have, have, a, have people on the non-existent, except for him and a couple others on these non-existent beats, to go out there and and hammer away at these candidates. You know, it's it's I used to do it for a living, and and, and Dave, so do you. But you know, some days, some the old-time political reporter or the new style or the current generation of political reporters are completely yeah. are are inadequate. You know, people just simply don't demand that deep an analysis anymore. I mean, for whatever reason. And there are television commercials, although as as Fuhrer said that, um, you know, commercials are not action. But nonetheless, they sure sure do work apparently up to a point at least. You can see that with with Caruso just smothering the airway. I mean, you know, if if you listen to what the candidates are saying, the the, the 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 solution to this is basically putting people into. Remember the old uh, telephone booths we used to have? Put them in two telephone booths. I mean, that that's kind of what they're doing here with these tiny little 
you know, houses uh, that are not much bigger than a couple of telephone booths. But that's not, that's not the final solution. That's only step one to a much larger problem. Well, who do you think among those candidates came closest to delivering that very important message? Sorry, I can't promise you that I'm going to wave a magic wand and there's going to be an empowerment. I, I think Harry Bass. I agree. Now, whether or not it helps yeah, is another question. But she, I think she got yeah. it. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think here's, yeah. I think here's her game plan. She's going to be above the fray. She is going to sell the fact that she's a coalition builder, and she's going to try to teach voters that any solution is not going to happen tomorrow. And this is what we need to do. I understand this is what we need to do. And you have to come to grips with the fact that this is what we need to do. We'll see if it works. I don't know. I don't know. Well, and and, and, I, and I think, you know, I think by doing it that way, uh, it also in, in a way helps her campaign in the sense that, hey, I'm the one that's in. I've, I'm, I've been in Congress. I, I, you know. That's that's what I do. I know how to get these things done at a higher level, and we, and we need national, we need federal help. But she went beyond way. that. Everybody said we'll get money from the feds, um, you know, we'll get money from the Biden administration. And she said, I talk to President Biden. Work right, with President <laughs> Biden. Ooh, that was an. <laughs> really good point, and I think it really stopped those oh, guys yeah. in their tracks, not for very long, but it's a yeah. message. Yeah, but, but but to say, hey, I you know I I got his number, yeah. okay, so if I need to talk to him, I can. You, got you guys got phone, that? Honey? I don't think no, so. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I mean, I don't. That think was so. that was that was that was one of the the debates moments, as far as I was. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. I, I, I agree. Uh, well, this has been a great discussion. Uh, we will do it again and again and again. <laughs> don't, don't tell people that. They might <laughs> not tune in. Tune in. <laughs> so tune in. Their interest will grow. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Thank See you. you guys. Thank All you. right, everybody.